live his life. And it's not just pieces. It's not just components of their lives. It's not just a checklist of here are some things to do. It is an identity that people take on. And it describes, it needs to describe the totality of their lives. And so that's what I want to talk about, not just today. We're going to set things up today, but over the next several weeks. Amen. Let's talk about being a disciple of Jesus. So we're going to be in John 8. So you can turn with me in your Bibles over to John 8. We're going to look at just two verses today from John 8. I'll give you some context with that. Uh, But this is about being a disciple of Jesus. And so I have uh, just three simple points from the text about what a disciple of Jesus is. What a disciple of Jesus does. Number one, a disciple of Jesus listens to Jesus. Listens to Jesus. Point number two, they learn from Jesus. It's not enough to just listen to Jesus. You've got to take, a disciple of Jesus has to take what Jesus is saying and they've got to learn. They've got to process, reflect, think about their lives and think about what it means for their lives. And then point number three, and this is the critical point. I really see these all together, but number three is to live Jesus. Live Jesus every moment of your life. So just three points today. So let's go to John 8, 31 and 32. But only if you're with me, can I get an amen to being a disciple of Jesus? Let's talk about it, bro. Well, here we go. John 8, 31 and 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word. Other translations say, hold to my teachings. Other translations say, hold to my word. You are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. So as I look at this, The first thing that I see is a a dichotomy of sorts. It seems like there's two different things that the text is talking about. We see believer versus disciple. Okay, that's what I see as I first look at and consider these verses here. Jesus was speaking to a a group of Jews, so that defined who they were. But further, he defined them by believers. They were people that believed what he was saying. And so let me give you some context here. If you go back in John 8, what you see is that Jesus is saying, look, I am the light of the world. And Jesus was saying this while he was in Jerusalem celebrating a huge festival. And so there were Jews there from all over the place. And so he's saying, and think about that. That's a bold statement. I am the light of the world. And so he's saying this to the Jews there. And then the Pharisees, and so the Pharisees in terms of the sort of the hierarchy of Judaism, they were sort of the the upper echelon, the the, the rulers or the leaders, so to speak, of of the the Jews. And so then they challenged that. They're like, okay, yeah, that's what you're saying about yourself, but this is only your testimony. Who else is, is validating what you're saying? And Jesus says, well, yeah, I have my own testimony. And he was confident in that. But then he also said, but... My father says this about me as well. 
And you think about the boldness of that statement also. And so, you know, the, the, uh, the Pharisees are like confused and there's some, there's some back and forth with Jesus there. But then it says that as he's saying this, some of the Jews that were there heard him and believed what he was saying. So it's almost as if he, he says, okay, you know, here's this group of Jews. I'm going to turn my attention over here to the Jews who believed what I was saying. And now I have something important to say to them. And so this is, this is what he says to them. And so again, it seems like there's sort of this, <clears throat> excuse me, dichotomy of sorts, this believer versus disciple. But I don't think Jesus was saying this in a way to just condemn them and put them over here in a category. I think what Jesus was doing was he was saying, look, you believe the things that I'm saying, but you've got to move from belief into discipleship. And the way that you move from belief into discipleship is you've got to abide in my words. And the reality for us is that he invites all of us to go from just belief into discipleship. And we're going to talk in a minute about what we get out of discipleship. You know, sometimes we think about the cost of what it's going to take to be a disciple because you're going to have to give, give some things up, right? And, and really, he's challenging he, these people there with that. But I think sometimes we've got to consider, what do we give up? What's the cost of non-discipleship? And we see that later in the passage as Jesus talks about what you get, so to speak, <clears throat> out of discipleship. And so again, the point here is that Jesus defines disciple as someone who abides in his word, who remains in the teachings of Jesus. They live it out. And I believe that we can break that down into those three points. Someone who listens to his teaching, someone who learns and deeply reflects on all of his teaching, and then lives out his teaching in every moment of their lives. You know, perhaps today you are a newcomer to Jesus. And I believe that Jesus invites newcomers into belief. I think that's where we start. I think that's the start of discipleship is belief. Or perhaps today you are a believer in Jesus. Maybe you already believe in Jesus. You think he's a great guy and he's got all these awesome teachings. But Jesus doesn't want you to just stay there. He invites you into discipleship. Perhaps today you are a disciple of Jesus. But you know what? Jesus doesn't want you to just stay there. Jesus invites you into deeper and deeper and deeper relationship and deeper and deeper discipleship. And so I hope that wherever you are, on your journey, that you find these words of Jesus to be impactful, convicting, and exciting. This is the journey of a life. This is an amazing adventure. And with discipleship and deeper discipleship comes great reward and intimacy and fulfillment that is not experienced any place else. 
because we've all been created through and for Jesus. And so again, the key here of, about being a true disciple of Jesus is abiding in his word. And as I mentioned before, other translations say continuing in his word, holding to his teachings, but I believe it involves three things. Number one, listening to Jesus. Number two, learning from Jesus. And number three, living Jesus. So let's take those points in turn. What does listening involve? It involves constantly listening to the word of Jesus. The disciple of Jesus is the one who all their lives listens to the voice of Jesus and will take no decision until they have first heard what Jesus has to say. I believe Jesus teaches us through his word and through our life experiences. Have you ever had a song, has this ever happened? You've ever had a song pop in your head and then you, you can't figure out what the song is? Has that ever happened to you? Okay, well, I'm just going to tell you my experience then. So <clears throat> a couple, and, and I love that experience. I love, uh, you know, having a song pop in my head and then I seek out and try to figure out what is that song so that I can download it and just, you know, rock out to it moment after moment after moment. And so... A couple years ago, I had this old 80s song pop in my head. And, and, you know, 80s music, I mean, that was really the golden era of music. Can I get an amen to that? I see some fist bumping. Amen. I'm just kidding. I actually really like 60s music, but amen. I, I like 80s music as well. So I had, a couple years ago, I had this song pop in my head. And I'm typically good about looking it up and figuring out what it is. But with this song, I couldn't figure it out. It was so perplexing. And so I would go through these different phases where it'd pop in again. I just couldn't find it. But then, this week, I was in the new ShopRite in New Windsor, which is awesome if you're ever there. Um, anyway, um, I like grocery shopping. I know not everybody likes grocery shopping, but I like it. And so, you know, I'm, I'm going around the grocery store, you know, and I'm uh, putting everything in the shopping cart. Literally looked like that. And the song came on the radio. It was, or whatever, was playing in the, the grocery store. And I, I, I could barely make it out. And so I took my grocery cart and I parked it right underneath where the speaker was. And I did not care what I looked like or what other people thought about what I was doing. Because I wanted to tune in to this song. This has been a two-year journey, people. So... So I'm underneath the speaker and I've got my ear propped up like this and I'm like in the middle of the aisle. And so I'm just listening. I'm like, let me just catch a couple words, just a couple words. That's all I need. So I try to tune all the other noises out, people banging their eggs around and, you know, all this stuff. And so I'm listening and I caught just a couple words. And so I Google it and I, I there it was. I found it. I found it. And so I, you know, I listened to it for a minute right there, and I, just, I finished my grocery shopping at that point, went back into my car, and I was just jamming out. I've been jamming out to it all week, and I know you want to know what the song is, so I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, okay? It's coming. you got to wait for it, just like I waited two years for it. And so, the song... <laughs> Chris Reinhardt's the only one that's going to know what the song is, because I already talked to him about it, but the song is, is never... By the band Heart. Oh, wow. Never, but 
by the band Heart. <laughs> Never! Okay, that's as, that's, that's as close as I could do, but look it up later. <clears throat> but anyway, if you get one thing out of the sermon today, there you go. Um, <laughs> but but you know, I, as I reflected on that for some time, <laughs> all week, and was thinking about this sermon, and just the idea of listening to Jesus, you know, that's, that, that's kind of like how it is for us, right? Is that when we decide to be disciples of Jesus, we want to hear his voice. We want to hear his word. And sometimes we've got to look silly, right, to, to, to position ourselves so we can tune in and, and, and fight out and fight away all the other distractions of life. Because there are so many distractions in life. Please say amen to that. There's so much junk and stuff and busyness and all this stuff. And we miss listening and hearing his word. If we don't stop, push all that other stuff out of the way and tune in and listen to his voice. And that's what the disciple of Jesus does. So they listen. They listen to his voice. They tune into his voice. They seek his voice. And they learn. Right? It's not enough to just tune in to, the, you know, to his voice to hear him. We've got to learn. Disciples of Jesus learn from Jesus. Learning involves constant learning from Jesus. The disciple is literally a learner. If you're a disciple of Jesus... That is who you are, a learner. And that means failing, that means messing up, but that means getting back up and learning and trying again. That's what a learner does. All of our lives as disciples should be learning more and more about Jesus. The shut mind is the end of discipleship. We've not arrived, and you won't arrive in this life. But the joy, the gift, the delight is in learning more and more and going deeper and deeper with Jesus. You know, as I was thinking about this point, learning really depends on how much you think about and reflect on something. I mean, that really summarizes what learning is all about. So, you know, I know many of our college students are, uh, are back in session, right? Amen. All right. All right. We'll get there. We'll get there. <clears throat> you know, I was thinking about uh, for myself. So last semester, I uh, started teaching a health psychology course up at SUNY New Paltz, and that's starting up this week. And so, you know, I'll be learning a lot. I feel like, you know, even as a, a, a teacher, I'm, I'm always learning. But one of the things I want to convey to my students, and this is something that I heard from um, you know, another professor at another institution, was that learning, if you're going to learn, it really depends on how much you think about something. Right? And so for my students, if they're in class and they're you know, paying attention, but then they leave the classroom and they don't think about the material again until the next class, they're just not going to learn. I mean, they're not going to learn that much. I mean, I'm a, I'm a good professor, you know, I'm a good teacher. Sometimes, I try to be. But it, it, it doesn't matter, 
right? That's on the student. The learning depends on the student. And you've got to be thinking and meditating on the things that you're hearing. And that's true for disciples. This is why I believe meditation on the word is so crucial. It's not enough to just just open up our Bibles and just listen to it. Listen to what Jesus is saying. We've got to reflect. We've got to meditate. We've got to spend time turning it over in our minds and in our hearts. You know, I just, I want to just take a minute to, you know, talk about some of the things that Jesus is teaching me about discipleship in my own life. I think Jesus has been teaching me how to rely on him when life is overwhelming and emotionally taxing and challenging. And I shared this um, last week, but uh, really this past week, we officially settled my dad's estate. We closed the bank account, the you know, checks were distributed, um, the paperwork from uh, New York State was sent to me and said, you know, essentially this, is, this estate is officially closed. And you know, I, I had mixed feelings about that. In one sense, it's like, you know, I felt really honored to settle my dad's estate. I felt like it was a great responsibility. I mean, there were some burdens involved with that and, and there was, you know, there, there were times that it was emotionally challenging, but I felt really grateful to be able to do that um, and, and to do it effectively. And I feel like God helped him with, with that. But it gave me a, an opportunity to reflect on the past, you know, year or so. And I was thinking about all the different things that happened really in the past 10 months. And in the past 10 months, My dad was sick, passed away. Uh, Katie and I and the girls moved. Um, We we helped to transition the church into a new setup, a new model, and into life groups, uh, which, you know, I'm grateful for that. Um, I started a new new teaching role. Uh, We sold my dad's house, and we settled his estate. All of that in the time span of 10 months. And my kids are still alive. And so I've, you know, I've, I've, I feel like amen to that. But I just think that you know, it's been one of the most stressful and emotionally exhausting time periods in my life. I felt a roller coaster of being close to Jesus and very distant from Jesus. I felt a range of being a good disciple and being a horrible disciple, honestly. I feel like things in my soul have emerged that I had no idea existed. Things that were there that I just, I just didn't know about. I feel like I've done well and I've done horribly. But what I see is that often bound up in challenges like this are some of the greatest lessons that we can learn from Jesus. And what I keep coming back to is that I'm still on a journey. I'm still learning. Some things I do well, some things I don't do well. But I know that in my heart, I want to be a disciple. I am a disciple. And I want to learn more and more and more. And so I'm just trying to tune things out, tune into Jesus, and I'm trying to meditate on his word more and more and more. 
But that doesn't, it doesn't just end right there, right? It's not just listening and learning. It comes to completion when we live it out every moment of our lives. Living involves constant obeying of the word of Jesus. We study it not simply for academic satisfaction or intellectual appreciation, but in order to find out what God wants us to do. The disciple is the learner who learns in order to do. And we see that all throughout the scriptures from the Old Testament to the New. And we see it emphasized all throughout Jesus's ministry. The disciple is a learner who does. You know, for me personally, I love learning new things and applying it to my life immediately. Maybe sometimes a little bit too quickly. Um, and one of the things that I especially love learning about is nutrition. I mean, who doesn't enjoy eating, right? Um, <clears throat> which may seem a bit strange given I've been talking about fasting a lot recently. But there's a place for all of this, right, somewhere um, in our lives. But, um, you know, I know this is a time of year when we start thinking about different diets that we want to do. We want to change things up and what's the right way to go and what, you know, what foods do we need and that kind of thing. And so, you know, as I was reflecting on that, um, I was thinking about how in, in October of last year, uh, Katie and I did the Whole30 diet. And so with the Whole30 diet, the emphasis there is for 30 days, you're just primarily focusing on whole foods, which is a good thing. Um, but one of the things that they sort of make it okay to eat and they recommend is that you can eat meat whole you know unprocessed meat and i love meat i really enjoy eating meat and for a while i i cut it out of my life because i thought man well meat you know i hear all this stuff that meat's not that good for you so i'm gonna you know cut it out <clears throat> but i started on the whole 30 diet and i was like great bacon and sausage for breakfast you know, what can steaks for lunch and what can I have for dinner? More steak and bacon and eggs and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so what was interesting was that while we were on this diet, the, this carnivore diet, um, a study came out uh, that basically went back through and reanalyzed all this data that came from studies that, that quote unquote, demonized meat. So they said, all right, you know, here's all this this research that has come out that said meat's not that good for you. Let's reanalyze this data and make a determination considering all these studies together. So their conclusion basically, and you can go look it up for yourselves, but was basically that meat is not that bad for you and it can be part of a healthy diet. I forgot the moderation part. I was on the whole thing. And again, steak for breakfast, steak for lunch, steak for dinner, steak all the time, steak, 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 burgers and everything. But I just felt like, hey, I, I learned this thing. I want to apply it to my life right away. That's how I felt. <laughs> Meat, sausage, hot dogs. Anyway, I know everybody's hungry now. We'll be out of here in, in one, another hour. Just kidding. Um, I'm bringing it home. <clears throat> but that's what a disciple of Jesus does, right? 
They take in the word. They listen to his words. They learn it. They process it. They reflect on it. And then they're eager to live it out in their everyday lives. Moment to moment. That's what a true disciple of Jesus is and does. And the scripture goes on to tell us that we get two things out of that. And I'd love to spend more time on that, but I know everybody's hungry, so I'm just going to go into a, a couple points here. Jesus says that if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And a lot of times, people just take the truth will set you free, and they just run with that. Right? I mean, you see that posted in different places and people just throwing that around. That's not the point of the passage. It's discipleship to Jesus and abiding in his word produces or helps you to know the truth. And that produces freedom. We've got to talk about what's he talking about? The truth. What does he mean? Well, think about it. Just prior, as I mentioned before, in that, in that chapter, he's talking about how he is the light of the world. And people were disputing that. He had all kinds of questions about who Jesus was. Is he the Messiah? Is he the son of, the God? the son of God? Is he just a good teacher? Who is he? But what he's saying is that when you are a disciple and you will hold to his teachings and you abide in his word, you will know the truth, the truth about who Jesus really is. That's the only way to know. I think sometimes we think that we can just know who Jesus is by some kind of affiliation. But that's not the way to know the truth. It's the only way you're going to know is to hold to his teachings and decide to be his disciple. And he says, you'll know the truth and then you get freedom. Freedom from what? Well, I'll tell you what it's not freedom from. It's not freedom to just Go out and do whatever you want. That's not the kind of freedom that Jesus was talking about. He wasn't talking about freedom from the Roman Empire. He's not talking about freedom from some kind of you know, earthly rule. He's talking about spiritual freedom. He's talking about freedom from the consequences of and being enslaved to sin. And what sin is, is it's stepping outside the will of God. One commentator said this, discipleship brings us freedom from sin. Many a man has come to the stage when he sins, not because he wants to, but because he cannot help it. His sins have so mastered him that try as he will, he cannot break away from them. Discipleship breaks the chains which bind us to them and enables us to be the persons we know we ought to be. Oh, that a man may arise in me that the man I am may cease to be. That is the very prayer which the disciple of Christ will find answered in their discipleship. You know, I believe that we have so many great-hearted people in this church, in this room, people that want to be true disciples of Jesus. But sometimes life just gets us down. Sometimes life just comes at, us, comes at us. It just overwhelms us. It can be 
so distracting. It can just be tough. It can be a struggle sometimes. It can get us down. It can knock us off course. But learners, disciples of Jesus, they get up and they try again. And again and again and again. And that's the reality is that we can always begin again. We can begin anew in Jesus. So let's get back on our feet. Let's try, try, try again. When you encounter struggles in the life of a disciple, it's not time to leave. It's not time to give up on Jesus. It's time to try again. To continue to learn from Jesus. To get deeper and deeper and deeper. So let's reflect on where we fall short. Let's reflect on all the great victories that Jesus has given us. And let's get back on our feet together with Jesus. And give discipleship our best shot. Our best shot. So again... Three things to do as a disciple. Number one, listen to Jesus. Number two, learn from Jesus. And number three, live Jesus. I believe that with Jesus and together, he will give us the victory. And we can truly be the people and the church that Christ sees for us and has called us to be. Amen. Amen.